Section 36 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lucia Kelly, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 36. Chapter 36. The Baronet and His Mistress. On the following day, at about twelve o'clock, and somewhat to the surprise of Mrs. Slingsby, who did not expect to see him so soon again, Mr. Henry Courtenay paid the lady a visit. She happened to be alone when he was announced, and there was a constraint, amounting almost to an embarrassment, in his manner which she immediately perceived, and which alarmed her. "'Has anything happened, Henry?' she inquired anxiously, as he took a seat at some distance from her. "'Nothing, Martha, nothing,' answered the Baron. "'But I uh, wish to have some very particular conversation with you.' "'I am all attention,' she said, her suspense increasing. "'Now do not be frightened,' exclaimed Sir Henry. "'Nothing has happened to annoy either you or me.' But what I am about to propose to you is rather of an embarrassing nature, and... Uh... Then pray be quick and let me know what brings you hither this morning, said the lady somewhat impatiently. The fact is, I have taken a fancy in a certain quarter, and though I have striven hard to wrestle against it, it is every hour growing more powerful than my opposition. What do you mean? What can you mean? asked the widow, completely bewildered. Why, do you receive into your house two young ladies of a beauty so ravishing? Henry, is it possible? exclaimed Mrs. Slingsby, a light suddenly breaking in upon her mind. It is very possible that I should feel an unconquerable and invincible passion for Rosamond Torrance, added the Baron, growing bolder now that the ice was fairly broken. And you tell me this to my face, murmured the widow in a hollow tone, while her countenance became purple with a rage which she dared not suffer to explode. It is expressly to you that I am compelled to make the avowal, was the deliberate reply. Since it is out of your hands that I expect assistance. At my hands, almost shrieked the widow. Beware how you alarm the house, said the baron. You will do much better to listen to me attentively. Proceed, gasped Mrs. Slingsby. Now, you are well aware that there are certain natures which cannot master their inclinations, however strenuous they may endeavour to do so, resumed Sir Henry Courtenay, drawing his chair closer to that on which his mistress was seated. You yourself are of such a disposition, and I am not less so. It would have been impossible for you to remain chaste. Your passions are that ardour which must be gratified or they would consume you. Wherefore this strange expectation upon my failings? inquired the widow bitterly. 
simply to prove an extenuation for myself, was the response. I have seen Rosamond but three times, and have not spoken a dozen words to her, and yet I am maddened with desire, devoured with cravings which the possession of her can alone assuage. I again assure you that I have essayed to conquer these feelings for my sake, for hers, but principally for yours, and all in vain. I do not love you the less. I shall not neglect you on her account. And as a woman of the world, he added, fixing his eyes in a penetrating manner upon her countenance, as if to read the impression his words made on her mind, as a woman of the world, I repeat, you cannot imagine that it is possible for me to always remain faithful to you. At least you are candid with me, observed the widow her tone expressing bitter irony. "'That is the great merit of my present avowal,' said the baronet calmly. "'But how foolish you are to manifest so much annoyance! You are well aware that I cannot subdue my feelings, nor control my passions more than yourself, and it will be better for you to assist me.' "'Assist you!' in debauching that young girl, the sister of her whom my nephew is to marry? ejaculated Mrs. Slingsby. Listen, mother, exclaimed Sir Henry. I have formed such sudden caprice, or whim, or whatever you may choose to term it, and I will spare no money and no trouble to accomplish my purpose. A man with twenty thousand a year can afford a trifle to gratify his wishes in this or any other respect. But the idea is perfectly insane, cried the widow. Even if I were to consent to aid you in your purpose, the result must inevitably involve a fearful exposure. Not at all, replied the baron. The means are easy and can be rendered perfectly secure. I gave you a thousand pounds yesterday, the largest sum you have ever yet had from me at one time, and I will present you with a cheque of two thousand more the day that Rosamond becomes mine. You would not marry her? exclaimed Mrs. Slingsby in a tone of unconcealed alarm. Yes, rather than not possess her, replied the baronet. Oh, this is truly absurd, said the widow. What, so powerful an attachment towards a young girl whom you have only seen three times? Strange as it may appear, it is nevertheless a fact, cried Sir Henry. But there is a wide difference between the feelings I entertain towards you and her. You are necessary to me to a certain extent, because you are an agreeable companion as well as a desirable woman. She is a mere child, but a very beautiful one. And moreover, the sudden fancy I have taken for her is so strong that I cannot resist it. You see my resolution is fixed. With or without your aid, I will prosecute my purpose. If you really are so determined, I am, 
said the baron then i must assist you in this dangerous difficult proceeding added mrs slingsby somewhat consoled by the idea of the two thousand pounds that were to find their way into her purse as the price of her services but when i reflect on the matter i behold a thousand perils from which i recoil were an exposure to take place the entire fabric of of hypocrisy suggested the baronet you and i need not mince words together well hypocrisy continued the lady would be thrown down and i should stand revealed to the world in the most dreadful colours then the real nature of our connection would be instantly perceived but all these terrible evils are to be avoided by prudence interrupted the baronet i am not more anxious for exposure than yourself nor should i wish to compromise you our amour has existed for years and the world suspects it not even in the most distant manner we will contrive to retain the veil over it until the end <sighs> then how do you wish me to proceed inquired the widow with a cold shudder as she thought of the perils attaining the undertaking by operation on the mind by modelling the imagination of that young girl to suit my purpose answered sir henry with a woman of the world like you this is an easy task insinuate certain notions in her bosom inflame her excite her this is more difficult than you imagine interrupted mrs slingsby because she and her sister are constantly together devise a mean to employ adelais in one room for the two or three hours at a time while you have rosamond with yourself in the other said sir henry if you enter on the task with a good will you will find it easy enough but in ten days adelais will become the wife of clarence and the sisters accompanied by him will repair to torrens cottage to throw themselves at the feet of the incensed father rosamond will then quit my house altogether ten days are sufficient to imbue her now innocent mind with such new sensations such voluptuous thoughts such eager desires that her surrender will be easy and certain persisted the atrocious villain who thus calmly reasoned on the means of undermining so much virtue i do not think so observed mrs slingsby if i proceed too rapidly i shall alarm her instead of inflaming her imagination besides you judge the world by what you yourself are and by what you know of me but frail and guilty as i am henry she added in an oppressive tone believe me when i declare my conviction that more virtue is to be found in woman than you would be inclined to suspect sir henry laughed heartily at this observation then rising from his seat he took up his hat saying at all events dearest martha act so that i may present you with the cheque as soon as possible he kissed her and departed from the house chuckling at the success of his endeavour to make his mistress the instrument of his diabolical design against the pure the beautiful the unsuspecting rosamond
End of section 36. Recording by Lucia Kelly, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia.